Sarge making my clearly on top. Arcadia Queen is running on. 200 to go. Russian Camelot has a race. Arcadia Queen coming at Russian Camelot. Russian Camelot, Arcadia Queen. Arcadia Queen first look at 2000 is going to turn over Russian Camelot. Arcadia Queen a to the corner. Russian Camelot. I remember watching it back to the... This bike might be pretty smart, I reckon. The G'day legends, welcome back to probably the biggest episode of the year thus far, Everest Caulfield Cup Day. I am joined by the man himself, Jacko, brother, how good is this? Good to be back mate, awesome uh, weekend of racing that we saw, especially in Melbourne, obviously a bit flat about Sydney getting cancelled after those six races, but what can you do mate, the rain's just stuck around, but rolling into this week, Thousand Guineas midweek into an absolute blockbuster across two cards, two 10 race cards for the first time this year, punt. We're going to cover 14 races for you guys and something at the end that I've just got something written down for the end of the end of the, end of the podcast. I don't know what it is, but Jackson's put a little highlighter on there for me. Asterisks. We'll figure that out when we get to it. Um, I suppose it'd probably be wrong of us not to go through the weekend that was in some sense. Mm. Um, oh, I was going to start somewhere else, but where else can you start? No, you can't. How good was that race? Freak, animo, absolute freak. Um, there was a few heart attack moments for those that took the $2.20, uh, but he got the chocolates in the end. He's just too classy. The horse is much too classy. If the horse is right, he just wins. Just wins his races. Is, yeah. He's just a freak talent. He didn't really handle the bend, though. He looked a little bit drunk going around there. Interesting. Very, very interesting, because if you're not going to handle the bend at Caulfield, you've still got the opportunity to make that up. It ain't the case in the, in the Cox Plate at Mooney Valley. It's not the case. If you can't handle that bend, it's over. So you'd hope they iron that out. J-Mac will sort it out. He'll give him every chance, depending on where he draws. But obviously, a few big runs in behind. Zaki was extremely brave, and I'm thunderstruck. We were potting him at 2,000, but he poked through with those white blinkers in between. So is he a chance? I thought he was a great ride as well from Zara. Just put him in the right spot. They said they were going to ride him a little closer. He was one back of pegs, and he get, literally had every chance. He just got beaten by Probably the best weight for age horse in the country at the moment. Just beaten by a superior horse. And look, you can't, you can't hop off any off them, but you'd want to see a little bit of a better price for Animo. No, next time? Um, in my eyes, I see him as a horse that was 75 to 80% wound up. That's the way I saw it as well. Yeah. So, do it. I don't know. The bookies, he actually didn't budge. So, he went, it was 280 on Saturday for the Cox Plate prior to the race. He was 240 after the race, which naturally happens, which I thought was not enough. He's now into his 210, 220, which I think is probably... It's pretty short for a weight-for-age class race mm. like a Cox Plate, and you've got a horse from overseas coming over, El Dogden. El, El Bod, Bodgden, Bodgden for Walla. Yeah, that's the really the only overseas influence in the Cox Plate. The rest have all come uh, targeted at the Melbourne Cup. So he pretty much meets all of the same horses again in the Cox Plate. So the price probably deserved. He's going to improve off that, like you say. Oh. We've got the belief that he turned up at 80%. Um, James Cummings is probably hoping for a better price. You didn't get it. <laughs> um, Caulfield Guineas, Golden Mile. Look, watching the race back and seeing the blanket finish that it essentially was, probably a representation of the Caulfield Guineas field that it was compared to other years. In the end of the day, it was just J-Mac, really, in my opinion. Like, Golden Mile, great animal, but he just... 
put that horse in the right spot for the race. Yeah, gave that horse every possible chance to run out the mile, and he did just that. So J-Mac is just a freak. Like, I know we've said it time and time again. I just and he does get the best ride most of the time. Let's let's just establish that. But what he does with those rides is incredible, and to, he might even be underrated. I might be saying something stupid here, but he might even be underrated because people aren't talking him being the best of all time just yet. I'm throwing his name in there. Well, I think I sent this to you yesterday. It's the best four week patch, maybe maybe four month patch, because you, you'd be kidding yourself to say that he hasn't been doing it for months in Sydney already, anyway. But this last four-week patch that he's had, including Wednesday, mm. I don't think I haven't seen a jockey be more dominant. No, no. And you touched on Wednesday. There's only one Group One on a Wednesday. The Thousand Guineas picks up Madame Pomery at ten dollars. Comes up inside them. Too smart for everyone. He won that. Like the horse didn't win that. J Mac won that. Won the race. I know the horse has come out of very good form lines. If somebody else is on that horse, it's not winning that race. Agreed. Simple as that. Um, then we go to our final Group One, which was the exciting two rack. I wish I win ran around the only horse in single figures for the race. Look, I actually thought the run was really good. If you take SP out of it, I thought I wish I win was was good. Back a long way in a big field of 18 runners. Probably peaked on its run. I suppose 1,600 maybe, the little query for that horse. All honours to Tuvalu. Had a really nice ride from Jared Fry. Um, yeah, good win. Yeah, it was an excellent win. Like you say, the, the ride won the race, which is... Pretty much a feature of most of the weekend, but just touching on I Wish I Win, that was always the danger, wasn't it? The race pattern and being able to handle that Caulfield bend, it ended up being a negative for the horse in the end, but still run very well, so you'd, you'd have to forgive. And J-Mac again, Law of Indices, like, I didn't have this horse. And something I didn't know, its last six contests have all been Group 1 races, mm. so this horse has been supremely underrated along the way, mm. jumps $21 and fills a place in for the great man himself, who... Yep. It was a really nice ride on the horse. I actually thought he was going to get there for a yeah, little bit. Can do no wrong. And Nisham's got a big opinion of that horse as well. She's been quietly confident all the way through. So maybe we've missed the boat now. You might see a, a very short price next time. Well, compared to what it was, yep. we might have missed the boat, but definitely keep an eye on it. Um, Paul Laley, fantastic. We all but declared this horse on the podcast during the week. Um, just a really good win. Actually got a cut with the whip over the face with about 100 to go from Damien Oliver, yep. who... We will not chat about it at all, but he straightened himself up like a good animal, mm. savaged the line, ingratiating him behind. Yeah, definitely. Well, ingratiating's off that has come out and got a slot in the Everest. We were thinking the other way. We were thinking, surely Paul Ali gets in it off must, that. It must be the wet ground. Is that... I don't know. I, I, I don't. You'd think that the way Paul Ali won, like you say, got smashed in the face with Damien Oliver's whip. Its head went completely sideways at the 150 and then straightened up like it was on, you know, what's and just boomed <laughs> through the line. And was just very, very strong. I know ingratiating was the flashing light, but Paul Lally would have won by further for not the interference. So you'd have to say between the two, you'd be with Paul Lally, but interesting. So maybe there's something in that. In terms of second again, we've tipped four winners on the day mm. with a nice place getter in Nicolini Vito as well, who was $14 the win, paid four forty the place. Mm. So it's like a winner in itself when they run second like that. Really nice day for us. We've probably had two downish weeks. Um, trying to figure out track pattern. Things have just been a little bit out of sorts. Mm. We bounced back on the weekend, which was really nice. Definitely needed to happen. So hopefully the punters came on board. And like I say, mate, big weekend coming up now. For sure. Um, quick mention, we'd mentioned it previously, but Madame Pomery winning the 1,000 guineas on Wednesday, really nice win. I don't know how many horses in behind I want to follow out of that guineas mm. compared to the flight stakes form. I think that that's the inferior Phillies form. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like the T-Rose and, and the Flight Stakes is the form that continues to stand up uh, in mares and fillies grade. So 
that'll probably continue to be the case uh, going into this weekend. There's a few that come out of those form lines as well, which I am interested in. But Madame Poromer, we touched on J-Max ride. Excellent ride, much too good. I was wanting to be forgiving of She's Lickety Split. You can tell it didn't really enjoy that bog track. It mm. really did come down at Caulfield early in the morning and it just turned that track into a bog and they were getting way off the fence. The horse had sort of wide trail throughout, didn't have much cover. I was wanting to be forgiving of that, but there was a good margin in the end to Madame Pomery. So like you say, it's hard to follow any of them. Huge meetings everywhere. We've got 14 races to cover. We're going to go three to nine at Randwick first. We're going to start with a big race though. So we're going to kick it off with the Tab Everest. I'm going to go through the prices and then we're going to go through a runner by runner um, little synopsis for each horse. So Nature Strip heads the market at $2. Lost and running sevens with Eduardo at 11s and Jackano as well. Mask Crusaders 12s with Private Eye. Marzu's there at 17s with Giga Kick at 21s. Then you go to Overpass, Ingratiating and Shades of Rose who are all 41s in their own right and Joyful Fortune is the roughest of the lot at $61. It's it's a very, very intriguing race. A lot of grand finals for all these horses. Mm. Just awesome. Excellent race. Excellent race. We'll touch on the map first. Super exciting this, obviously. The big fella Nature Strip, 12 of 12. J-Max seemed to be happy. Wallace seemed to be happy. The punters seemed to be happy. I'm very happy. Well, they've backed him. It allows him to just build under his own steam and just work across them. He's just got an unmatched cruising speed. It's as simple as that. And when he turns the gears on in in the straight, when he's right, he can't be beat. He can't be beat when he's right. But that's the the risk you've got to take at $2.20. Is he wound up? Does he want to win here today? Does he know it's grand final day? Has Waller got him 110% wound up? We don't know. We'll find out on the weekend. I know there's a few confident, including uh, the person sitting next to me. <laughs> Eduardo has drawn wider out as well. Probably boots forward and holds the inside of Nature Strip. I'd imagine that they might be the first two in running, depending on what Shades of Rose wants to do. If they want to be super aggressive out of there, McAvoy's got the lighter weight. It's still only got two kilos off Nature Strip, in fairness. But you think that they have to go forward with a wet track with them. Joyful Fortune is an interesting one as well. Uh, it led its first start in Australia, which was also on a heavy heavy deck, and just booted away from them. It's drawn underneath all of them, so you'd think that they'd be positive as well if they've got the gate speed. That's the big question. Overpass, lost and running, not too far away. Number one, horse number one. We're going to go through each runner, um, give a little synopsis on each. So Nature Strip is our first runner. James McDonald, Chris Waller, gate 12. Mm. He's a freak. He's a freak. He's a freak. He's just genuinely the best horse, not only in the country, but in the world over these sprint course trips. Like I say, the prices are a good reflection of that. So brave people to be diving in. He was a similar price last time and got the job done. I really like the way he just hunted up. He did miss the kick in fairness. Well, didn't miss the kick, but he was only fairly away. He was a bit tardy away. Fairly away. In a race like this, when you've drawn out, that can't be the case if you want your best possible chance to win. But I just love the way that he just hunted up under his own steam. J-Mac never asked him for effort in the in sort of first quarter of the race. And he just kept, you know, cruising up to him under his own steam, was happy to travel in behind horses and was just too good. And just spanked him in the end. He's just far too good. Did a similar thing over in Ascot in that win over there. So he's definitely in my numbers. You can't leave the horse out. He's just an absolute freak. I do think that they've found him far too hard in the market in a race with this type of depth. There were a few heart attack moments in last year's Triumph where a horse that I'll touch on later looked like he was going to bomb him with about 50 to 100 mm-hmm. to go. He's obviously going to be an excellent chance and extremely hard to beat. Um, yeah, Nature Strip, I can't say much more in terms of just the name himself. I think he speaks for himself. He's 
probably the best sprinter in the world at the moment. Uh, he's got the best jockey on board, and he's got the best grand final trainer we've seen in a while. Him and probably Snowden's as well. I've got to throw them in as well. They're very good grand final trainers too. Mm-hmm. I think gate 12 is an absolute treat for this animal. J-Mac can come out. Hopefully, he jumps cleanly, and he can put him where he wants. The versatility the horse has shown now in being able to take a sit if need be, um, lead if he wants to lead. He's just become literally the ultimate professional in, in all parts of his racing. I'm really happy with $2. I'm sure we'll get to that when we go through our selections at the end, but mm. Nature Strip, I'm all over this animal. I just think he's coming out of... He's just better. He's just better than these horses, in my opinion. Mm. Number two, Eduardo, Nashville Willer, Joe Pride, obviously Nature Strip's old sparring partner, Loves wet ground. You loves, can't. You got to say that. Yeah. Um, he draws gate nine. So yeah. Yeah, loves it. Loves the 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 drink. You know, belted them first up in the Concord in a Group Three. Then it's fair to say that we saw the gap in class between him and Nature Strip last time in the shorts. We just touched on that race. All being equal, you'd think that Nature Strip would have his measure. Now she'll roll forward with him. He'll be close enough. Um, if there's any mistakes from those big guns in behind, he can catch them uh, off guard and potentially run top three. Top. Half of the field chance for me. I don't think he's come up quite as good as he could. But again, grand final day in mind. I'm ne- I'm never going to completely put a line through a horse that fails second up, going third up into a grand final. Mm. Um, wet ground on his side, and Joe Pride is flying at the moment with his small little stable. Mm. So obviously gets Nash back as well, which we love. So Abdullah, that change is now back in Nash's hands, which is always a positive too. Yeah. Lost and running. Our second favourite, number three, Hugh Bowman for John O'Shea. Look, gate seven, he's had a brilliant preparation coming in, coming into this. He's matured really well as an animal. What did you make of him? A horse that's still on the up in fairness, and he was rock solid first up in that shorts, which will be a key form race throughout this uh, this card. But then went to Randwick and beat Marzu and Mars Crusader. So that's very good form going into this. I know there was a couple of the really, really big hitters that weren't in that race, but Bowman gave an absolute peach that day, got the drop on Marzu, there was only sort of half a length or less than half a length between him and those other two runners. You look at $6.57 at the moment for uh, Lost and Running, and Mars Crusader and Marzu both deep into the double figures. So personally, he's in my numbers, but I've found him a little bit short in the market, and I can't have a better minute at that price. Agree, cannot play here, Lost and Running. Um, agree, had a really nice preparation leading into this. Um, Bowman's got some sort of sense of timing about him with these massive races as well. Uh I just I'm steering away from him at the, in this race. I just I I can't have him seven dollars second favorite in this field personally. So I'm just steering away at the price. Number four, Mask Crusader. We know that this he's he, Willie Pike Hawks Gate Ten. We know what he can do. We know what this team can do. They can prep a horse for a grand final as well. He's obviously had previous runs in behind Nature Strip. He's had a super runner than Everest before. What did you make of him? He's always super last start too. It's just... Oh. Yeah, I'm very interested in this horse. You touched on the grand final trainers. There's no better than uh, the Hawks. They just prepare their horses. They come in third up. It's the formula they've got. They leave plenty in the tank in their first two starts, and that was the case with Mars Crusader's prep this time in. You could tell that that first run was no guide at all. There's essentially a trial in that first run in the short, so no guide at all. Then came second up. Still wasn't 100%. Darted back to the inside in that race that I mentioned before. Uh, the premier that was won by Lost and Running and was huge through the line. Again, only beaten less than half a length. The price is probably, I think it's fair. I wouldn't probably have him in single figures. But I think the discrepancy between him and Lost and Running, considering there's only half a run, uh, ridiculous, half a length between them, 
And in my opinion, Mars Crusader was the better run, going back to the inferior ground and slashing through the line. And we touched on it, almost bloused them all last year, weaving through the through the pack and almost just got over the top of Nature Strip. So I think he's a super chance this year. Cannot agree anymore, Mars Crusader. I think he's he's should be a little bit harder in the market. I think $12 and $3 the place is really nice. I see him as a top couple chance personally. Um, back to the inferior ground was the main one for me, and the way that he got through it was just awesome. He was in front 25 metres past the post, leaving Lost and Running and Marzu and the likes behind. So very, very good chance. Number five, Marzu. Um, look, again, Sam Clippard and Peter and Paul Snowden, gate 11. Um, loves the mud. That's the thing you don't question about this horse. Is he up to these? That's the big question. The other big question as well is the barrier. If you look through his career thus far, gate one, gate four, eight, four, one, always middle to inside barriers. In most often races that don't have a lot of hot tempo. And you look at the Everest, there's going to be tempo galore here. So the nature strip outside him, Eduardo inside him, you'd think he's going to get the squeeze out of there and, and probably not going to get the usual economic run that we see him have. Yes, he does enjoy the wet track, but I think he's a touch outclassed here. I agree. I think this might be one year early for Marzu. I think he'll grow into being one of our really top, top-line sprinters. I just don't see him as a top three, four chance in this year's Everest. But look, if he came out and won on the wet ground, I wouldn't be extremely shocked. He's definitely going to get the conditions that suit him. It's just, yeah, there's a few things I just don't like about the horse at the moment. No, he won't get the run. He won't get the run. Number six, Private Eye, one of the last slot holders. Uh, Brenton Abdullah and Joe Pride from Gate 3, coming off a massive win down in Melbourne, comes to this second up and has been pretty well found, to be honest. It's $13 in the market. My query is, and although his form doesn't say this, I actually don't think he's a wet tracker. That's, that's a fair point. It's a fair point. He doesn't have a whole lot of exposed form on the heavy, but... Is, there's two different types of heavies, right? There's the heavies that we saw in the autumn and some in the early spring in Sydney specifically, or there's your traditional heavy, your heavy eight, heavy nine, which a lot of horses can get through. Mm-hmm. We just have to wait and see what we get on the weekend. But this horse met a group of top, uh, tier two sprinters first up in that Flemington race that you mentioned, carried 60 kilos, probably should have won by further in the end, but still belted them. Demolition. Did what he should have done. There was a new market winner in behind in Rock and Horse and just like much too good for that lot. I know it was tier two sprinters. I definitely can see that. That's why we're getting the price here for Private Eye. But this horse has won an Epsom over 1600. You talk about a horse that's going to enjoy a hot speed. Yes, he's drawn inside, so it will take an excellent steer from Abdullah to get him out in clear air. But I think this horse is, a, is overs and I think it's a big chance provided that the track doesn't deteriorate to a heavy 10, heavy 11. When you look at the speed in this race, the only horse that will be able to handle that pressure, regardless of what tempo it is, is this horse here, Private Eye. He gets up to a mile and has won an Epsom over this trip. So he's a big chance for mine and he's firm in my numbers. I was going to say, if you couldn't read between the lines there, I reckon Chaco probably doesn't mind Private Eye at some nice double-figure odds. Um, now we, we probably get to the half of the field now where we're past the big dogs, the six or seven real big you know, guys that have gone against each other quite a fair bit um, in races. We go to the new newer kids on the block. So we got Overpass, number seven for Rachel King and Bjorn Baker jumps from gate six, is currently $41. Really, really nice run first up, um, obviously running a, a really good second. I think it was a really promising second. Little bit disappointing second up. 
I don't know where I place this horse. Yeah, huge run first up, like you say, in, the, in that shorts. That That's the form that we keep touching on, so you have to respect it in some capacity. But I thought it was found out a little bit second up in an inferior form line that, that lost in running race that it came through. Uh, four starts, no wins and no minors on the heavy. So I, uh, I think that probably dashes its chances. It does. It'd be interesting to see if they just take it to the front and say, catch me, catch me if you can. They can do it with the horse, and we know what Bjorn Baker is... He likes doing it, so who knows? Maybe he'll throw up something interesting. Interesting Rachel King rides this one, not Shades of Rose as well. Yeah. I know that she stuck with that horse a fair bit in the, in the in the start of its campaign, so really interesting. Number eight, ingratiating. Um, Glenn Schofield, sorry, Glenn Schofield for James Cummings jumps from gate four, obviously getting a slot after its win in the Scalacci on the weekend. We did speak about the fact that traditionally a horse comes out of that race and gets a slot late. Good call. Um, doesn't beat Paul Ailey on the weekend. Paul Ailey isn't in this race. $41. Cannot have. Yeah, definitely. I, I thought it had its chance to beat Paul Ailey as well. But it was a really good win first up, beating its out time. It was a horse that we've got half of opinion of, but doesn't measure up to any of these runners here. The big concern for that runner is the 1,200-metre form is not exposed. It's mostly 1,100,000-metre form, so not for me. I reckon J-Mac might have said to James Cummings, hey... Save Paul Ailey for the for the Manicato for us. I'll come down, I'll ride Paul Ailey in that. <laughs> Take your million dollar bonus, win that one, and I'll give you a little slit of my winnings from Nature Strip and the Everest. <laughs> Put ingratiating in. I do one thing I will say is of the two, ingratiating has a little bit of form um, on the wet ground as well. Mm. That would be the only thing I could say in comparison to Paul Ailey, but very interesting selection for me from Godolphin. Number nine, Joyful Fortune, probably the most unknown horse of the field. The horse started here in Australia, went over to Hong Kong for a few races, came back and absolutely brained him first up. This preparation is $61 for Tommy Sherry and Mark Newnham from Gate 1. What'd you make of Joyful Fortune? Yeah, super interesting. I, I don't understand the placing here because it's not only is it never won over 1,200, it's never had a run over 1,200 mm. metres. And the first time it's looking at 1,200 is the Everest. Run 12th, you get 500 grand. Yeah, well, it's money back, though. The slots cost 500 <laughs> yeah. grand, so, you know, six again, I guess. But, like, it's turned up first up at Flemington, carried 60 and a half on a wet deck, so we know the wet track box is ticked. It belted them. But what did it belt? Like, Decent Rain was in there in second, who's an okay horse, but, you know, this is far inferior form we're talking about. Let's just say if this horse comes from a benchmark 70 after running in restricted 80s at Sha Tin, comes and wins the Everest, toss it out. Number 10, <laughs> Shades of Rose, Kieran McAvoy, Bjorn Baker from Gate 8. This preparation has been going since my birthday in 1999. This horse has not stopped running on the wet tracks, and it's fair to say enjoys it, $41 at the moment. Was an interesting selection for the Everest, throws up something quite different in being that it is a genuine leader, um, may cause some problems, cannot see it figure, figuring in the top six. Yeah, I think don't forget that this horse didn't originally have a slot and it took Classique Legend to come out of the race for this horse to get a gig. So whether it got a gig otherwise, we don't know, but it does have the picket fence, so it was jogging on the spot and it was ready, and you know it handles the heavy track. I think $50 is fair. It's going to get pressured from all sides here in this race, and I'd, I'd struggle to see it running top half. Has wet form. That's the only tick that I can give it. It has very nice wet form, but it has literally been up for longer than the Harbour Bridge. Uh, number 11, Jackano, the three-year-old, the Golden Rose winner, Damian Lane, Mick Price Kent Jr. Wow. This is an interesting runner. Really interesting runner. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, super interesting runner. The three-year-olds, everyone seems to be hot about. I wonder if it's got to do with yes, 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 and, and or if, if it's just this particular three-year-old crop. 
This horse, in my opinion, is not bivouac, exceedance, yes, 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 animo, these types of horses. The three-year-old crop for me so far has been inferior to recent years that we've seen. So I am not with everyone in terms of piling into this horse. It's rock hard in the market. I understand the lightweight. Damien Lane comes to grab the ride. I understand all of that. I just think it's a different level of pressure once you step up. Um, I know it's dropping back in trips, so it will handle the distance, but I just think it's a different level of pressure, different kettle of fish once you come into a race like this. So not for me. I'd need to see $20 to have a bet on Jack and O. The three-year-old formula has worked for this race. We know that through Yes, 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 um, other horses and the likes. You know, Bivouac came to this race as a three-year-old as well. I can see why it's $11. I can see with the light rate, lightweight um, price yard as well. It ran a really... It was a fantastic win knocking off in secret in the Golden Rose. I just wonder... I know it's going to be high pressure and it usually makes for more like a 1,300-meter race. Is this horse looking more for a mile? Like, I don't know if it's a 1,200-meter dead set sprinter. I thought the horse was headed to the Caulfield Guineas off the back of that, yeah. even before the Golden Rose win. I know that was a breathtaking win, but uh, look, dropping back in trip, you'd have to say there'd be no qualms there because it's going to be a hot tempo. And as you say, it's going to emulate 1,300. But in my opinion, it'll only get wound up late and it's going to get buried away from that inside barrier. Final runner, number 12, Giga Kick, is $21 for Craig Williams and Clayton Douglas. Jumps from gate five, another three-year-old in the field. Um, oh, I cannot have this horse. Like, anywhere near even $21, I think that is unders. So, hmm. tell me what you think. Oh, well, they say beware the unbeaten horse, and there's only one unbeaten horse in this field. So, you know, you never know until you put them into this sort of pressure. Like, this is the... This is the real test for these types of horses, for both Jack and O and Giga Kick. But in terms of this horse's form, has got a really good scalp of Swiss Exile. So that's a pretty good form coming into this race. <laughs> but um, look, he was a pretty arrogant win in the Dane Hill, third up off a of prep. Um, I thought it was a good run. Ridden a little bit upside down by Quade Williams. He just sort of put him up near the speed and it was a good tempo that day. Very good rating race for the three-year-olds. But like I say, different kettle of fish. Probably a bigger price you'd want to see to back it. Wow. Well, there you go. We've gone through the entire field. What a race they've thrown up for us. It is, it, it is, it has become one of the most exciting races on Australian turf. I think that's fair. Definitely. You see the spectacle of the barrier draw even has become bigger than some other races. Like, it's incredible the way, I think they had drones or something going on. Crazy. week. Like, incredible. Opera House in the past, Harbour Bridge, wherever you want to do the barrier draw. You've got the Caulfield Cup and the Everest on the same weekend, and it almost feels like the Everest outshadows oh, it does. the Caulfield Cup, which it is does. really quite crazy to think with the history of the Caulfield Cup. We've gone through every runner. Now we're going to play. Top four picks, Jackson, talk to me. I tossed three up. I'm definitely having a bet on all three of them. It's that type of race where you can back a few, and there's some very good odds that I'm keen on as well. So on top for me, I really tossed and turned about this one, Ned. I threw Mars Crusader on top. Nice. I just have to say that I'm keen on this horse based off what it's last year and the second I've run this prep. I'm, I'm just, everything sets up to it. Everything. Like the Hawks know that this is the grand final. They've even come out and said he's only set for one race, this horse. So anything we've seen before now has been 70, 80% and you can be 100% sure of that. Like the horse will turn up, get his chance. The wide gate is no concern at all. He's on top for me. Second pick, Nature Strip. You, do, you can't go past him. He's a freak for all the reasons you mentioned. I have to leave him in. I will be having something on as much as I don't like the price. Third pick for mine and the last horse I'll be backing is Private Eye. At around that $14, $15 mark at the moment, I think it's an excellent price. Will handle the, the tempo for sure. 
I hope that Abdullah gives it every chance from that barrier, though. If he can be positive, I think it's an excellent chance to actually win. And lost in running was too short for mine, but I threw it in for fourth just off its last start win. Um, I have a question. Mm. Actually, maybe... No, we'll do it now. Yep. So, just for the recreational punter out there, you've got 100 bucks for the race. Yep. Um, you just happen to want to follow what Jackson said. Talk me through how you can play a $2 favourite. You've got some roughies in there as well. How do I spread my 100? Like, how do I go about that? So, for me personally, I would be just going 50 on the nose, Nature Strip, 25 Mask Crusader, 25 Private Eye. Right. You're spreading your bets out. The best case scenario is for one of the other two to win because I am confident on those. But I need to make sure that I'm winning on the race if Nature Strip does win. Just at least covering myself to, to get that back. Because he's obviously the X factor in the race. You know that. It's a very, very strange race to be able to put your staking plan down. It's so crazy because there's so many four shots sure. coming through. But for mine, 50, 25, 25. Awesome. Um, look, on with the big fella. I think he's one of the bets of the spring, if not the bet of the spring. I know that's a huge call in a race like this, but... They had their chance to beat him first up. He came over from Ascot after winning a massive group one over there. Had to travel back. Probably wasn't completely, even even 75, 80% wound up for his first up assignment. That was their chance to beat him. He was tucked in behind with cover, peeled off their backs and won easy. I think this has been the grand final since he won his last one. I'm happy with $2. I know it seems absolutely bonkers in a race like this, but... Gate 12 to me. When I saw gate 12, that was more more chips in for me. Mm-hmm. Like that just... Gate 1 to 6, the other the other runners can play around with him. They can do whatever they want. Gate 12, J-Mac just comes out in a nice line with him, decides where he wants to put him. If it's a three-wide trail, I just don't think it's going to matter on the day for this horse. I really don't. He's, in my opinion, just so much better than the rest. Mask Crusader, I agree. He's the one danger for me. He'll be on side. I will be making a collect from this horse if he runs a place. Um, and if he wins, of course, I'm going to be on two. Cannot ignore its last run. Can't ignore its form over 1,200 metres at Ramwick as well. And doesn't mind the slop either. So got to be on side with this animal. Jackano, I love throwing a three-year-old into these races. Um, anything wait for age and you've got a nice three-year-old horse, I think they always run quite well. I do believe that $11 is reasonably well found. It's about where I have him in the market. Um Frosty booked something about this horse that I really like. So I think it'll be running a good good race and probably entering in the top four. And as you mentioned for fourth as well, just couldn't have lost him running out of the top four. Mm. Will not be having a scent on the horse, but agree, been building into the preparation nicely and wouldn't be surprised to see him run a good race. Super, super race. Insane. Just, yeah, breathtaking. Yeah. We've taken half an hour to go through it. So hopefully you've enjoyed that. We're going to go through the rest of the races, which are just as good, really, when you put it all together. It's just quality everywhere. Um, Randwick on the weekend at the moment, it's a heavy eight. There isn't a mu- much rain forecasted for the next few days, and I know that Saturday is supposed to be 22 and sunny. Um, not sure where the rail's supposed to be. I'm gathering it's going to be either true or three metres. Uh, I think it's at six. Out six, there yeah. you go. Well, I couldn't be more wrong. Yeah, uh, let me double check with that. Looks like we're probably going to be out uh, six. Sorry, Caulfield's out six. Yes, Caulfield, Caulfield is out six. Caulfield's out six. Randwick is true. Randwick is true. I didn't think they'd be out six for the yep. big day. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go three through to race nine, obviously skipping the Everest as we've already done it. So we're going to start with the Craven Plate, which is a race that's been brought in for this day, $750,000. Cascadian leads the top of the market for James McDonald, the man of the moment. He's $1.60. Surf Dancer, $4.60. Then you've got double figures for Pomito at 11s. Just Folk at 15s with Pinarello at 17s. Zarek, 18s. And then the rest of the horses are 26 and more. 
Um, look, pretty long down the line for me. I think he wins Cascadian. What's the map saying? Surf Dancer rolls forward from that wide gate and looks to have it by itself. You would hope that something else boots up for Cascadian's sake or another one in the market that you're keen on. But he just looks to get that by himself. Cascadian pro- probably rolls back to last and, you know, J-Mac will just get him to the outside and just hopefully he's just too good for them. I think that'll be the case here. Beat New Mary and, and Montefilia last start very, very easily. That was a heavy deck as well. We know it handles the ground. Yes, it's short. Is it a bet? It's up to you. Like, pick your poison if you want $1.70, $1.65. I think he's too good for this lot. The other horse that I was half keen on as well was Just Folk. I thought it was an interesting uh, runner coming into this. Has clocked up the miles. I thought it should have beat Dallas Sands second up. And had excuses its next two starts. So I think it can be in the numbers somewhere. Lovely ride in behind New Marion and the likes. Montefilia as well was a really nice ride. Um, it was a day where they were coming from the back, but I think that that's got to be the form coming into this race. Dollar mm. sixty, extremely well found. It's a dollar ninety into a dollar sixty, but I can't find one to beat the white faced animal. Race four, the Stars and Ledger Stakes. It's also worth five hundred grand. Fair bit of cash getting thrown around this day. It's over 2,600 metres. We've got Cadre Dunois at top of the market for Maren Eustace at 2.15. Stockman, 3.80 coming out of the Metrop. Sacramento, 7.50 with Arapahoe at 8.50 as well. Then double figures for Cariff at 14s with Chalkstream at 18s. Kukaracha, 23s. And fun fact, coming off a very solid win. Yeah. Um, $23 and then a couple at 201. So what'd you make? Well, Sacramento and fun fact on the quick backup are rolling forward. They're going to make this a genuine tempo for 2,600, I'd anticipate. It's going to be survival of the fittest because you're looking at a wet deck with genuine speed on. Who's fit enough and who handles the ground enough to get through that? I think the horse that fits the profile is Stockman. I think there's too much between him and Cadre du Noir in the market. Cadre had his chance to beat Grove Ferry last time out, in my opinion. I know it was super impressive to start before when you buy an absolute space on a similar track. I thought that was more track pattern related, more, more so than the wet ground. I know it was a wet deck, it was bottomless, but that was a massive leader's day that day at Randwick. I think it's more track pattern related, and I can't be taking $2.30 this time around. You know Stockman handles the track, you know it handles the trip. I think Abdullah will give him every chance. Hopefully, they can make up ground by this stage at, uh, at Randwick. I'm actually pretty keen on him here. I think $3.80 is a steal. One of my better bets on the card, Stockman, um, coming out of the Metrop as well. I actually thought he was a little bit hard done by in that race. Tommy Berry had to clip off heels and sort of took Stockman's stride off him. I think he probably runs a place. Not sure if he wins and beats no compromise in that race, but drops to 57.5 kilos in a field, not packed and full of class. I think Cadre Dunois is far too short for my liking. Um, fun fact, on the quick backup as well is the roughy of the race that I don't know. If there is some sort of pattern again, like we saw on the weekend, this horse is very, very tough, and it's a tough on pacer yep. with not a ton of speed in the race. Mm. I could see him running some cheek um, into the top three. Yeah, he was dead in the water on the weekend there at uh, Eagle Farm. The big query with him is dry back to heavy. The Kosciuszko, another good race. Sort of the country version of the Everest. That's what they're making it out to be. It's over 1,200 metres, and they've put together a really nice field for this. It's worth two, two million bucks, which is just life-changing for some of these country trainers. So it's me for Kavanaugh, top of the market, 440, with front page there at fives. Far too easy is 550. Then you got the big fella, the old fella, handle the truth is 850 as well. Arkado 11s, Anthol is 11s as well, with another one at 17s. Spiranak is 21s with Menmeth, Memeneth. There's a lot of weird M and N's in that name. $23, <laughs> Fender, 23, Talbot. 
Tel Bregar is 23. He's Commando Hunt, 26. And La Melody and a couple of others down the bottom. It's a good little race. Like, they've put together, especially these top five or six in the market, these are all horses that compete at Group 3, Group 2 level, probably, yeah, in the city. absolutely. Especially those first three or four. They can easily slot into your Group 2, Group 3s, as you said. As far as the map goes, Trabalga. As uh, drawn low, goes forward. Front page is hard in the market and won't be too far away. La Melody has drawn out as well. And Fender, I anticipate, um, trying to whip across and inject some more speed into this. Handle the Truth and It's Me have both drawn those middle barriers. You'd hope they're not too far away, but it's that type of race where there's big prize money mm. on the board. You'd think that there's going to be a lot of people trying to take this up and you know make this a genuine tempo. So it's likely that they both get flushy at the back. I respect both of them, though, and they're the two that I want to be with. It's me uh, more so than the other horse, Handle the Truth. I think if this horse is within three to four lengths when the whips are cracking, I think it's good night. Like I say, beautiful middle draw. J-Mac has been found. Electric win first up at the up at the Gold Coast. And then had to dart back to the inferior ground last time out. I thought it was very good. You know it handles the track. Like I say, let's just hope they're making up some ground and it's not a leader's day that we have seen traditionally at Ramwick. You'll have to adjust as the day goes by and, and we'll touch on that as we go through, but make sure you're adjusting. The other horse I'm interested in is Handle the Truth. It was a huge run first up uh, behind Eduardo. It was slashing through the field. Then went to that uh, shorts in behind Major Strip, overpass these, these types of runners. That's excellent form, dropping back, well back in grade to this, and the price is very good as well. So provided they both get their chance, I think they're excellent chances. It's me on top, handle the truth, second pick. Art Cadeau for me, um, obviously last year's winner. They've gone with a very, very similar formula this year. He was 27 weeks first up into that assignment. And just having a look now, he's 126 days first up into this. The horse flies first up. He's had six goes at the track for four wins. And you know what he loves? He absolutely loves the mud, this horse. He stick starts on the soft for four wins and likes the heavy as well. Damien Lane found first up. It seems like genuine intent. They obviously know this horse extremely well. And you get $11 at the moment on the tab app. So... I think Art Cadeau is over the odds. Massive respect to It's Me. Obviously, finds J-Mac as well and has had a nice preparation leading into this. And with with he was this horse was actually half a chance of getting an Everest slot. It was yeah, in the market. That was the talk. So four forty um, in a Kosciuszko is probably about right. Art Cadeau for me each way. Race six is the Sydney Stakes. It's the undercard to the Everest. A lot of these horses, I think four or five of them, are the emergencies for the Everest. Mm. Um, and pretty much head the top of the market. So Kementari, the... Special. Oh, special. Special K and special for very good reason. Third up into this is 350 within the Congo at 550. Apache Chase 650 with Waihaha Falls at 750 as well. Remark, 850. Forbidden mm. Love is there at 950 as well. Then you go to double figures with Forbidden Love, Swats That and Brutality. Gemsong's there with Blondo and a couple more down the bottom. Uh... A nice little race. It's a good undercard. Excellent race and super speed on here. Prime Candidate, Apache Chase, both roll forward. We own a smart one down from Queensland. has got a fair bit of speed as well. You'd think they'd use that inside barrier. In the Congo, we know Waterhouse has one way it goes forward. Tri-State as well has drawn wide. You look even further out, Riadini. I know it's 1,200 metres short of its best, um, but you'd think they'd be positive from there, or it might just be a prep one. And Forbidden Love's drawn the, the widest as well. You'd think they'd be going forward as well. So super speed on here. You look a little bit further back, Soldier of Love, Wisdom of Water, these types of horses have speed as well. What I think that sets it up for is Remark. I really think this horse can measure up here. It's returned a different horse as a gelding. 
this time in. Just lost a little bit of form last prep. They've gelded it. It's come back. It's put two wins together, the second of which was arrogant, in my opinion. Hugh Bowman just took the horse to the outside, got the three wide, no cover, just drifted out to the middle of the track. J-Mac got up in the inside under Bacchanalia and looked to be dead in the water. Like, Remark was gone, and the horse just kept fighting. It just beat them easily in the end. I had a good whack at it that day, just quietly, so there might be some, <laughs> there might be some emotion involved there, but... I think he really does measure up here. Kementari is obviously the obvious pick. He's the obvious danger. He's the type of horse that has super runs at 12 13 bucks and says, hey, look at me, uh, $4 the next time, and he'll do nothing. Yep. So remark on top for me, I think he measures up here and drawn beautifully, gets the, the A1 run in behind this hot speed, and I think Bowman will give it its chance. I'm surprised the price they've put up for Remark, $8.50. I thought they might have had him a little bit safer. He's come back at different horses a gelding. Yep. Um, First two runs his preparation have been faultless. I, I agree. I think he's a seriously good chance at $8.50. Mm. Forbidden Love, she has drawn the absolute car park, but getting back to wet ground after a nice little break, ah, gate 22 is just the real problem. But we know she likes um, her, her wet tracks. It's not a race definitely out of her depth. I think at her best, she probably near wins this race. Mm. The other one I want to mention, and I didn't actually realize this guy was in the race, is Brutality. Now, this horse ran in behind Lost and Running Marzu, was 3.2 lengths behind them. 1,200 meters is just too sharp for him. And I know that they stay at 1,200 here, which is my main query and probably why it's $23. Did not get going at all. 400 to the 200 didn't do a thing. From the 200 to the 100, it ran the second fastest 200 of the day. Mm. Last 200 of the day. Yeah. If they were stepping up to 1,400 here, I'd be all over it. Yeah, it's interesting that Joe Pryde's left him at 1,200 considering those late splits that we saw. Maybe it's a similar story to Pryde, but I, on a lesser scale, obviously, you know, scaled back a little bit, that they're not going to train this horse up to be 1,400, even though that would appear to be its special trip. Just on Forbidden Love, we know the relationship that Hugh Bowman has with it. The horse has got 56 and a half, which is a weight that Bowman rides at, has hopped off the ride remark. Interesting. Very interesting. I, I can give a good push to remark as well. I like a few in the race. Steering away from the top two in the market, though. We go to the Silver Eagle, race eight. Obviously supposed to be on the weekend, but they abandoned the meeting um, just prior to this race. And probably for good reason. The track was getting to a point where it was really unsafe for those animals. Who was that horse that nearly dipped and ducked and fell? You were on it. Oh, Jar Lee. Oh, that was oh, sickening. That was sickening stuff. Should have won too, but... No. <laughs> of course it should have. Oh, well. um, I agree. It was traveling in behind him quite well, but then it just fell into the lake. Mm-hmm. Um Silver Eagle, 1,300 metres, obviously the key lead up into the Golden Eagle, which is on Derby Day as well. Mr. Mozart heads them over 1,300, $3.90 for Hawks and Abdullah. Startons, $5.50, Waterford, $6.00, Espiona, $6.50, Villanar is 9 In the Congo, also entered here, but does not have a notified jockey, so dare say we'll be going to the Sydney Stakes. Lock Eagles there at 11s with Kiss Summit 13s. Lavish Girl 14s, Jimmy the Bear, Brigantina both 21s with War Eternal. Gee, big race. There's a few down the bottom there as well. Sorry to keep doing that, but we've just got to keep mentioned yeah, to these top markets. Definitely got to keep rolling. Just on in the Congo as well, it's the emergency. So not only is there no jockey book, but it's, but it's also uh, emergency. And it's I think it's fifth emergency, so likely not to get the run. That how, has How do you win a Golden Rose and be an emergency for the Golden I, Eagle? It's a head-scratcher Are you me. fucking I, I can't. I can't work this one out. I, anyway... I, I, I can't work out how Smoke and Romans has got the weight it does later on in the day, but we'll get there. Oh. In the Congo, coming out of this race has a big impact on the tempo and on the map. 
probably leaves Mr. Mozart out there with Lavish Girl on his outside. Mr. Mozart, the race last week, I know it's the same race with a few uh, different entries now, drew the car park. This time around, he's drawn the inside pole, which I think is perfect for him. They'll just take him forward and probably be very, very hard to run down, provided there's not too much pressure coming from his outside. So Jimmy the Bear, we know, has speed as well. And Brigantine, you think they go forward from there. It can take another one like Villeneuve to come forward and maybe something like Maurice's me dad at cricket score rights to come and just inject some genuine speed into this. Ned, I spent a lot of time trying to find a bet here. I was looking for a long time at the horse that starts with E. I'm not going to finish the rest of its name. That horse finished off super well. Espiona. James McDonald has starved himself to ride at 54 and a half. You look through the rest of his book. Not another horse is anywhere near that weight. I think you're looking into it too much. Why would... James McDonald is the best hoop in the country at the moment. Why would he need to starve himself for this type of horse? There's just too many question marks for me. So okay. that scared the shit out of me. I look further up the page. I've got Star Tons. Damien Lane comes over to book the ride. Lane last start, so I had excuses. But at the same time, how much do, are you going to take into that? Rock hard in the market. Villain is a horse that's untapped. Seven starts for four wins. Kiss Sun turns here first up. Excellent horse. Waterford, what the fuck is that horse? We don't know what that horse can be. Could be anything. Too many question marks in here for me. Mr. Mozart, in my opinion, is the most likely winning chance. Absolutely no bet. Mr. Mozart, for me, on top, I thought really, really game in defeat in behind Kiku the other day. Um, obviously, a, an extra week between runs like a lot of these runners, but I don't think it's going to be too much of a problem. Um, we know it handles the heavy ground. It seems to do its best work. Under, under those sort of conditions. Gate 1, Avdala, I think it's a really nice bet around the $4 mark. And then the one at odds that I didn't mind was Lock Eagle. It's $11. You just have to see its win at Canterbury to, to understand how big of a win it was. Mm. Looks Appears to be coming into this second up really, really well. Um, absolutely loves a slop as well. It's had its five goes on wet affected ground for three wins and a placing. So gets the tick there, pike for Lees. So I think it's going to be a really good chance when they get to the Golden Eagle because it looks like a genuine 15, 1600-meter horse. Mm. So eyes on that one, really nice race. They put together a bloody good field for that race. And just want to make mention... They have back star tons. It's in the 550. Yeah. Well, look, Damien Lane's come over. Early market support. Coming off a lame run. Yeah, it stinks. Race nine, the final race we're going to cover in Sydney. Oh, no, it's not. It's going to be the second last race we cover. Penultimate. Five, diamond, five diamonds prelude. It's for a million bucks over 1,500 metres. We've got the Epsom winner. Ellsberg, top of the market. Tide winner. $3 to Tide winner, half the winner. $3.10. Ayrton, second favourite, 420. Also entered in Melbourne. Our Playboys, 12s. Rustic Steel, 19s. Lord Ardmore. Sorry, I haven't got the market order there. Lord Ardmore's 10s. A tissue is 10s. Our Playboy, 12s. DML. Is that how I say it? DML. DML. Sorry, some of these names are interesting. 13 bucks, Rustic Steel 19s with Sabark at 29s. Alcyone is 23s with Unanimous and Elias. Mm. Too much to bear and a couple more down the bottom, as we love to say. Mm. Epsom winner, top of the market. And he rolls forward as well. <laughs> Doesn't appear to have any pressure coming from his outside. Rustic Steel, Addy or Steve might inject something into this, but you'd think Lord Ardmore is another one with natural speed looking for more of a trip, so they're not going to be overly aggressive. They might even just sit midfield. That leaves Ellsberg out there by himself, and they can just do what they like mm. with that horse. They can go whatever tempo they see fit. Obviously, coming back in trip, it's going to be super rock-hard fit, having a very productive prep. We touched on the Epsom. It's not the best Epsom we've ever seen. It wasn't a vintage edition by any means, 
but it's got to be there in one. And even though it's split with a very nice horse top rank that we've both got an opinion of, you have to respect it. Ayrton is a horse he touched on as a dual acceptor. I might be wrong, but I believe he's already scratched from Caulfield. Okay. So if, with that being the case, I am of the opinion that they're coming here. What that says to me is that they're not overly concerned with the heavy track. It's obviously wet in Caulfield as well, but they could have stayed there knowing that normally the Melbourne wet tracks are not as bogged down as what we see over here. So I'm of the opinion that Mick Price and Ken think this horse can handle it. So I know it hasn't really had the exposed form on the wet deck and just looking at it on face value, you'd say it's a, a dry tracker, but I'm happy to back up here. It was very good first up and look, the winner just getting run down over the top by I Wish I Win, who's a super horse and, and you know has started virtually odds on in every race since then. So you'd have to say that that's pretty good form coming over here. Comes into this second up. Damien Lane's booked, drawn absolutely beautifully in behind them. I just think Damien Lane will have Ellsberg in his sights at all times and pop off when needed. I think it's going to get its chance and hopefully it's got the, the superior dash. We're talking a length behind I Wish I Win who just ran around a $2 favourite and a two-rack as well. So it's a nice form. Wet track's probably the main query for me. I don't know if he wants a wet track. I think dry ground... I like two roughies, so I, our Playboy is the first one. It's around that $12 mark. Third up, comes here, loves wet-affected ground. It's only had six career wins, and all and five of those wins have come on wet-affected tracks. Got a nice third up record. Comes up from Melbourne up here to, to, to run in this race. I'm gathering they're heading towards the five diamond. Uh, Sam Clipperton is found, and I think $12 looks a nice price. The other one is Rustic Steel. Now, this horse had 61.5 kilos, um, and that was in behind Remark and Bacchanalia. I think it could run a cheeky race. I liked its first up performance. Obviously, it, when you look at it and you see eighth, you think, oh, come on, Nick, what are you talking about? Runs eighth again. That was only three lengths behind Remark. Dropped significantly, significantly in weight, and the horse goes really good on heavy ground. So I think it's a nice rough each way chance. Mm. Race 10, the final race we're going to cover in Sydney is the Furphy Ankh Stakes. It's worth 200 grand, which is absolutely pennies on a day like this, with every race being 500, 1 mil, 3 mil. Polly Gray, top of the market for Bowman, 390. Cap de Joy is 440 with fine point at 6. Grace and Harmony, McDollar, Waller, $9.50. Honey Creepers, 10s with Hope in Your Heart at 11s. Narrated 19s, More Profits, Meg, Ida are all down there with a few others too. Oh, pretty weird way to end the day. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. Compressed weight scale, it's set weights. There's some coming first up. There's definitely a few that are looking for a, a bigger trip than the mile. And a few wet trackers as well. So I think there's enough here to get interested in. But like you say, probably a little bit of a strange way to close out or bookend the card. Narrated rolls forward. Polly Gray won't be too far away. You'd think they'd be positive with her being hard in the market. She is first up though, so you know we'll have to see the intent there. I think Fine Point is going to roll forward from that inside barrier and not be too far away. I've tried to steer clear of Karen McAvoy throughout the day, but I don't mind it here. I don't mind his mount here. So hopefully he can give this thing a chance at six fifty-seven bucks around there. Ita and Stray not too far away as well. I touched on Fine Point. I'm going to be with it in some capacity, but if Cap de Joie. Uh, that's what the, the name that I'm going with. Cool. If Cap de Joie turns up here, look out. This horse ran best last 600 of the day at Sandown last time out. Didn't have a whole lot of luck getting flushed out to the back. I, I anticipate the same to happen here. Probably gets flushed out to the back. But they're going to be getting well off the fence at this time of the day. Last on the day, the inside will be chopped up. They'll fan out. Every horse will get their chance. If that's the case, I think this horse is the winner. 
only had one start over the mile, winner, one start on heavy, winner, building an excellent record, completely untapped in a field that's probably got, uh, you know packed full of stays that are looking for further. You look at Honey Creeper, Polly Gray, these types, all want further. This is the horse that's jogging on the spot, got, got race fitness, absolutely no ceiling as far as its talent, and they've booked uh, Pike. It's accepted at Caulfield as well, so interesting. It's going to be my best of the day in either state, D. Oliver in Caulfield or William Pike in Sydney. It's like take your pick. So this horse for me on top, Cap de Joie, best of the day. Agree, it might be a little bit short for Polly Gray, but I think in a set weights and penalties race, Polly Gray is just so well in at the weights with 56 and a half. Um, when you have a look at the ratings and, and the horses that it's been in behind, like you have a look, heavy track, 0.8 behind Zaki. Another 100 metres, probably nearly runs Zaki down in that Gold Coast race. Mm. Um, loves wet ground, absolutely eats it up. Yes, I agree, 1600 might be a bit short, but I think $4 looks a pretty reasonable price. Bowman and Waller again. Waller just placing these horses that he knows a wet track is so well. Um, I, f- I find it hard to see Polly Gray running a bad race on the weekend. Yeah, definitely. And you know the money will come as well. It's the last. It's a horse that everyone knows, loves the wet track. So they'll pile into her. I just think, you know, 2000 is her pet trip. For sure. Well, that's the end of the Randwick card. Obviously, Everest Day there. I'll be out there. I know you're not a massive fan of heading out there for the day. Yeah, I just think if I've got to line up for half an hour to get a drink, I'm not going to be there. And I've done yeah. I've done the slipper two or three times, and that's been the case. I can't even imagine what it would be like at the Everest. I'll be watching every race intently, but yeah, leave me out. The best part is it is a massive card down in Melbourne as well. At the moment, it is rated a heavy 10 at Caulfield, and let me tell you, they've raced there. This will be the third time in seven days. The rail is out six metres, and they're already getting 38 metres off the fence by the last on Wednesday. I have no idea what this track is going to throw up. I don't know which gate that you need to be coming from, but what we'll do is we'll try and find you a winner or two in the process. We'll start at race three. It's the Neds Classic. Uh, it's over 2,000 metres. It's the lead-up race for the Derby traditionally. Um, Mr. Maestro heads the market, $1.65. Very well found. Red Sun Sensation is five fifty. Mirror Master, $6, and you got double figures for Dream Hour at 12s. Distrustful Award is 15s, $26 the rest. I'm finding it very difficult to go around this runner. Yeah, but just on Caulfield itself, it'll be very, very interesting. You touched on three uh, race meetings in seven days. They were already getting off the fence. The rail now, go, now goes out to six metres, so are they going to be going out to the fucking stands? They could literally be in the stands by race six. So you just have to wait and see. Let's assess the first two or three. This one here is the Derby trial. There's going to be a couple in here that are going to be big chances, in my opinion, for the Derby. The key lead-up race for this one... I actually touch on the map first. Mr. Maestro, Maxi Bon and Fierce Legend roll forward. Hereditary not too far away. The key lead-up race for this is the superimposed that uh, the favourite here, Mr. Maestro, won. He met with a lot of support that day. It was the last on the day, so maybe the punters had a bit of cash and piled into him. But the, the riding was on the wall. Frosty had him box seat, gave him an absolute peach, got him in clear air and was too good. Had a super sharp turn of foot over 1,800 and put them away nicely. The horse that was winding up through the line, I know there was two lengths to that horse in the end. The horse that was lining up through the line was um, Red Sun Sensation for Luke Nolan and Moody. You see the nose roll on, you see it poking through. I hope that's the case this week and they start to poke through from the inside barrier because I'm not sure that's where you want to be. Going to take a really good steer to get this horse uh, into some clear air and onto a better part of the track. But the more this horse gets up in trip, the more I like it. He's my front runner at the moment for the derby two weeks out. He looks like he's going to eat up more ground. 2,000 might still be um, short of his best, 
but I'm happy to be with you here around the $5.50, $6 mark. I think the favourite is too short. You can't back these horses that are lightly raced with that much confidence at this stage, especially at untried trips. So I'm happy to butter up with Red Sun Sensation here. I'm, I'm pretty keen at $6. This is a no bet for me. Um, favourite probably the winner, in my opinion. Red Sun Sensation, I agree. Getting to that derby trip, it looks like a really nice preparation that it's building. Mr. Maestro eased down on the line. I think that that was really, really soft what it did um, at Flemington a couple of weeks back. Do I want to crunch in at $1.65? No, um, but I can't find one to beat him at the moment. What I will say, when you win two in a row, you've got one more race leading into your big grand final of the derby. It's very rare you see horses win four in a row. Yeah, unless they're super special horses and they're just freaks. Like you see horses like a Tatsu do that sort of thing. So is this horse a uh, Totsu? I'd say not. Um, it looks a little bit of a down year as far as the derby goes as well, but you never know until they step up to that sort of trip. Race four is the ethereal. It's a lead up for the Oaks. So we've got the derby and the Oaks sort of trial days um, in the early races at Caulfield. Foxy Cleopatra um, over 2,000 is the favorite at $4.20. Moco is $5 with Renaissance Woman at fives as well. Pavitra is six with Oaxaca Mana, $9. Kabaka is nine fifty. Jeez, is this an African dance song or yeah, something? Yeah, poor Matt Hill's going to have a stroke. He, and he won't. That's the best part about Matt Hill. <laughs> Whispering Lady, 17s with Let's Be Frankie Baby, 19s, and the rest are 40s plus. Um, quick shout out, mate of mine owns Foxy Cleopatra as well, so all the best on the weekend there. Let's be frank, baby rolls forward, uncorked, Aunt Roberta all go forward with Pavitra not too far away, and Born Hustler I anticipate to be close. Foxy Cleopatra, the favourite, has drawn wide. It's going to take a very good steer to get over and find some cover. You'd want them to be drawn inside somewhere to get a more economical run. Again, it's the same with the race before. All these horses are untried at this trip, so it's about who's prepared their horse, who's leaving something in the tank, and what horse actually handles the trip. A lot of question marks involved here. But there is, there is one horse that's coming out of some very, very strong form lines that we touched on earlier, the Flight and the T-Rose that Zugotcha and, and these types of horses um, have come through. And that's Rene, Renaissance Woman for Bjorn Baker. They've found the informed Josh Parr this week, so I think it's a horse that was winding up nice through the line last time out in that Flight Stakes. That was over a mile, steps up to 2,000. The heavy track looks to be okay for this horse. It does have its only win come on that in its maiden. So I think it does handle it. And again, it's it's just a, a bit of a uh, throw the dart at the board and hope for the best in these sort of races. Not only is it track, it's the horse that, you know, you don't know if it's going to run the trip or not. The other one I was half interested in as well was the Kabaka for T. Berry and Waller as well. <laughs> the Kabaka. The Kabaka. <laughs> very, very strange names. Like you say, it's an African dance going on in this race, but... It's another one that I thought won impressively in a small field at Canterbury, over 1580. Again, stepping up to the 2,000 question marks there, but another one that appears to be handling the heavy track well. I think that that's probably the main thing, is who's going to handle the track and the trip. Those are the two, for me, that uh, I want to be with coming out of Sydney form. Foxy Cleopatra, I can't go past its win. It was at the Valley, rounded them up at about the three or 400 and put them to bed. I'm not extremely keen on this on this race whatsoever, but I do like the way that this horse hit the line. It hit the line like a really smart one. I know that the, the clear target the whole way through has been the Oaks. I think this might be a nice stepping stone for it leading into that run. I wouldn't be surprised 
to see it come out and win, I think it's a definite place chance if you want to play. I know it's only $1.75 the place, but if you want to multi it into Mr. Maestro or something like that, mm. I think it will run a place, this horse. Yeah, big run. Gate 14 could be where it wants to be. Oh, yeah. Like, who knows what this track's going to throw. Yeah, that's right. There's too many question marks at this stage, but the American Pharaohs are horses that do get up in trips, so you suspe- you'd suspect that this horse gets the trip. Race six is the Alingi Stakes over 1,100 metres. We've got Najmadi top of the market for $5. Juan Diva is $5.50. Maliva, sevens. A very fine red is $7.50 with Rose Quartz at $8.50. Shell Star, tens with Melba Storm at thirteens. Never Standing Still, $14. One of those horses with five words in it with no spaces that we talk about a little bit. Never Standing Still. Lem Picker is 16s with Kelkani Royale and a couple more down there at the bottom. Open field, probably mm. for very good reason. Not a lot of wet form exposed with these runners. Actually, a lot of them when I was doing the form, I didn't see a lot of wet form. Mm. What do you make of the map? Because I look at it and I think it looks messy. Very, very messy for an 1,100-metre race. And there's not a huge amount of time before you hit that first bend at Caulfield over 1,100. So very, very uh, important, to the be, shoot. important to be moving well out of the shoot and have your chance... Milliva, Calcani Royale, Shalstar, Juan Diva, they're all horses that can roll forward. Melba Storm's on the inside there as well and can boot up and inject some more speed. Couple drawn out wide, Galgani and Never Standing Still are probably the other two that aren't too far away. Najmati gets back. You touched on there's not a lot of exposed wet form across this field here. One that I did think would be able to handy, handle the heavy. It hasn't really had a start on the heavy deck, but it's had one start on a wet effector grab for a win, and that was Shalstar. The horse has had five starts and not missed the Quinella yet. Comes out of a highway. The highway is always strange form, but if you look back that one start before, um, has beaten Sneaky Page, who's got form around Shades of Rose, who lines up in the Everest. So for me, that's fine enough form. The horse is still untapped for sure. Blake Shin is a very positive booking. I'm happy with that and appears to map very well from that inside barrier. So around the 9 to $10 mark, um, each way all day for this horse. I think in a horse, a, a, a race that doesn't have a lot of depth, that's a horse I want to follow. I'm with the mare, a very fine red, the four-year-old, um, out of deep field, actually. Nice to see that horse going well as a sire. Um, look, this horse has got form around Zapateo and Marzu and the likes. Um, could have been a little bit better first up. I thought it went okay, but coming second up goes down to Caulfield for this. Josh Parr, Mark Newnham, there's a little bit of intent. I know they've got an opinion of the horse as well. So $7.50 seems a nice price, and know it handles wet ground as well. Gate one's going to be the little bit of a query with so much speed around. Where does it get to in the run? Hopefully, Josh Pardis has it in the first three or four pairs and, and gets its chance once they fan out on the straight into the grandstand. <laughs> a very fine red for me at each way odds. The McCafe Sprint is race seven over the 1,000 metres. They put together a really nice field here, actually. Um, Dragonstone, $3.40 with Generation, $4.40 as well. Asphora, five fifty. extremely unlucky last start. Kalos is nines. Express Pass Scratch from the weekend is tens. Ashford Street is $10 as well. Then you've got the Bjorn Baker Malkovich, who might be the quickest 300-meter horse in the country, but that's about it. Oxley Road, <laughs> <laughs> Oxley Road $26 with Sartorial Splendor at 26 as well. Mate, what do you make of the race? Like, it's mm. probably fourth, fifth... Fourth, fifth line of sprinters. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Look, your mate Malkovich has got the red box. He's, he's got the pole and, and will we'll, uh, zip forward and make this a, a very, very fast test over a 1,000. Sartorial Splendor's drawn wider out and goes forward. Probably can't match Malkovich over the first two to 300. He's probably got the lead by himself. 
I expect some pressure to come out of Oxley Road and free of debt, and also Generation as well, who's a key influence in the market. How positive are they going to be out of that gate? Because it's not very favourable for them out there. If they try and sit back in and drop for cover, you need momentum at 1,000 metres over Caulfield. So very interesting to see what they're going to do with that horse. One horse that's still on the up and I think can measure up to this race is Asfora. Comes out of a 9.55 race at the Valley where it basically started unbeatable odds. Was backed off the map as it was first up and just got cluttered up on the turn at 9.55 at the Valley. That's recipe for disaster. It looked like it was going to win and just oh, got pulled up. Bolting. It probably, to, in fairness, it probably wins ease down, but just got you know pulled up in behind horses and never saw clear air, never saw daylight. Absolute forgive run. It looks like it handles the heavy deck. Um, hopefully, that's the case on the weekend. I think it's a horse that can measure up here. Um, Jai uh, McNeil booked yep. and goes forward and won't be too far away. So that's the horse I want to be with. And I don't mind Dragonstone as well. I know it's hard in the market, but I just love the fact that Mark Newnham's turned up here and, and he's got the booking of TC. Bit of intent from Newnham for this meeting as well. Um, agree, all points for us four. I love the booking of McNeil. I know they had Aiken on at last start. Um, I think he got the sack pretty quickly after what he did on that thing. That was a dead set murder scene. Mm. Bit of Dharma about that, actually. Gets, 50, oh, gets 53 kilos here, so I can see why it's 550. The one I don't mind at odds is Ashford Street. I'm going to have a play here. This horse just absolutely eats wet ground. All its wins have come on wet-affected tracks. Last preparation was really, really well in. Came in, had a few wins, um, beating the likes of Starry Legend, which I know probably isn't fantastic form coming into this, but I love that it's one of the horses in the race with exposed wet form. So going to have something on Ashford Street with the 53 kilos. We've got to make mention of Generation, don't we? Mm. Have we, we, have we, we we rarely fail to mention his name in the numbers, so I think it's only right that we hear. It's not as if he's eight nine dollars and we're going to miss a price. He's rock hard in the market. Is it warranted? I don't know. One point six lengths behind Cool and Gatter in a Moya, and carried weight that time as well, where Cool and Gatter had fifty and a half and was a good run and probably finishes closer with any even luck. So, look, you're probably keeping it on side, but you can't back him all at the end of the day. Absolutely. The Tristark Stakes is over 1,400 metres. Um, a lot of mares here. A lot of mares. It's over 1,400. Top of the market. Very open field. Chain of Lightning, $5.50. Polisipan is 6 with Kiss on All Four Cheeks. Another horse with no spaces is seven fifty. Pride of Jenny, 8 bucks. Argentia, 9s with Flying Mascot as well. Exolita is 15s with Fortunate Kiss. Barbrader, first up, $19. Nice horse. Tycoon Evie at 23s with Mirror Vision, Rock O'Clock. And again... A couple more down the bottom. Jacko, talk me through the most open field of the day. Pride of Jenny to whip forward from a wide barrier. Looks to get the lead by herself. Polissi Palm won't be too far away from the inside barrier. And you'd expect Fly Mascot to be positive as well. Barb Raider, who's definitely looking for more of a trip, probably takes a sit in behind them. Chain of Lightning, how aggressive are they going to be? And probably the big tell is uh, how well the horse leaves. I thought it didn't have any excuses last time out when beaten by Zapateo. Zapatea then came out at Caulfield on Saturday and was also beaten at short odds without many excuses as well. So not saying there's question marks around the form. We know the quality of both of the horses, but are you wanting to take a favourite in this field? I know it's $6 the field, but are you wanting to dive into that sort of price? For me, I'm not. Purely based on the wet track. I don't think Chain of Lightning really handled that wet track and it was a similar situation to what we anticipate on the weekend. They fanned out. Chain of Lightning was was okay in terms of where they were in the track, but it wasn't on the A1 ground, whereas Zapatea got to that part of the track, and I don't think they'll be able to get to that A1 part of the track here unless they go back. 
So I just think they're going to be inside runners where you probably don't want to be. The horse that I think is a big chance in this field. Excuse me, my fucking throat's going. <laughs> Fuck it, You're right there, brother. You need a water. Yeah, I need a fucking. I need a fucking scotch right now, mate. <laughs> the the horse that I think is a, a good chance in this field is Pride of Jenny. Goes forward. The only horse, and I look through the field. The only horse that has exposed wet form. I had to look back two years to its maiden, to where it won at Mornington. Uh, that was a really good win on that day. It was two and a half lengths and bolted away from them. And like I say, she'll whip forward from that wide gate and probably control this and just say, catch me if you can. They can angle out to any part of the track that they want to with her and they probably just keep going. Kiss on all four cheeks. Like, can you leave the horse out? Mm. I've got excuses for her at that time at the Valley. I thought it was strange placement. Heavy ground. Heavy ground. though. I know, but she drops back in trip now off a 1600 run that wasn't favourable. Caulfield is a better track for her. I still like her at Flemington though, for sure. But look, Pride of Jenny on top for me. I think it's an excellent Eastway chance. Best value for me on the day. I'm sticking with Chain of Lightning. I can hear your points, but I think you look at SP profile as well. It was a dollar sixty ahead of Zapateo. That was in absolutely treacherous conditions that day. I think they've got a massive opinion of the horse. I believe what I've seen with its first up wins, its first three wins of the preparation. Um, I think it's got ability, and I think it's got some ability on these horses. Soft record is fantastic, three from three, and I'm going to just say had an off day mm. last start. I think $5.50 is over the odds for this horse, I really do. With a couple of horses that are dry trackers, like I look at Kiss on All Four Cheeks, Argentia, Flying Mascot, as real class animals, but wet ground is a massive query for all of them. Massive respect to them, but they're the queries, so I'm sticking with Chain of Lightning. Mm-hmm. Polisipan, second in behind Nimely. It's good form. And like close to beating that horse as well. And you know it handles the wet track. Just on Chain of Lighting, it was unbeaten up to that point as well. So if you want to forgive him, you, you definitely can be on board there. The Carlton Draft. Mm. Caulfield Cup. I can't believe that the treats we've gotten for this weekend are just... Yeah, I need a fucking Carlton Draft right now to wash down his throat. You do, you do. I've just put a glass of H2O in front of Jackson so that he can have a little bit of a gargle. If anyone wants to send over a strepsil through this microphone, that'd be fantastic as well. 2,400 metres, one of our all-time classics in Australian racing. Horses have come from overseas to come and contest this race. Unfortunately, this year we don't have many overseas horses. Well, not new overseas horses anyway. We have some overseas runners that have become our own. It's a huge race. We've got a couple of form lines coming into one here, but look, top of the market, Smoking Romans gets in. Jamie Carr, 51.5 kilos, $4.60, obviously the Turnbull winner. Then you got Benno, $9. Nonconformist, 10s. Allegron, 11s. Numerian, 12s. Gold Trip, 13s. Jewess, 13s with Knight's Order as well, and Inspirational Girl at 14s. Then we go to 20 to 1. So we got Montefilia at 19s, as well as the. Um, Metrop winner, no compromise. Vow and Declare is there at 21s. Great House, 21s. Maximal, 21s. Durston, 21s. Macram, 34s. Chapada, Crystal Pegasus are both 50s. Charlie Rose and Sound rounds them out, both at $101. Nice field. Yeah, definitely. Sydney Cup winner, Knight's Order, goes forward and looks to get it absolutely by itself. So if there's any race pattern, that horse is going to be extremely hard to run down. I expect Smoke and Romans from the inside to be positive. Jamie Carr's got the light weight. I don't know how they've come in here with 51 and a half off it's the back just... of two. Like Turnbull um, and the naturalism the start before beating more than half of this field on both occasions and meets them better at the weights. So I, I can't work that one out, but they're going to go forward. Jamie Carr, like I said, got the light weight. She's going to be positive. 
Tommy Berry's on you, Mary, and that horse has some tactical speed as well. So I expect them not to be too far away. Charlie Rose is another one that can impact a little bit of speed here. We haven't really spoken about this race that much together. No. So no. I'm kind of looking forward to well, seeing. Ned, we've followed a horse pretty much all the way through this prep. Oh, tell me. Granted, the last start, he was in some pretty elite company, or the best that we've got, should I say, and you know held his own really, really well. 2.4 lengths. 2.4 lengths, and non-conformist was the other one that you have to take out of that race as well. But Benno, this has been the target for him the entire time. I remember talking to you before the race, um, last time out, that Animo won and Zaki and I'm Thunderstruck, all the top-line runners came through, and you just said, Jackson, Caulfield Cup, Caulfield Cup. This is not his target, Caulfield Cup. Here he is. He's on the quick backup. The last time we saw him over this trip on a heavy deck was when he quinella the Australian Derby with Hitotsu. I'm sorry to all these runners in here. If Hitotsu turned up here with three legs, with the, with the injury that it's got right now... <laughs> Some of these horses would need to start running on Thursday night. <laughs> Benno comes here at $10. I know the gate is is negative. They're going to have to go back, but they were going back anyway. The positive for me is that I don't think Pike was the right booking for this horse. Respect the Pike. He's an excellent jockey, but in my opinion, he wasn't the right booking. He's more of a cute sort of, you know, get horses in between runners, wait, wait, count your fucking times. Regan Ballas to get stuck into this horse from the 600. They'll fair now. <laughs> Hopefully every horse is getting their chance. They will get back and hopefully they're running on, but he's the on-top selection for me. One horse that I can't leave out was New Merriam. I've noted that Tommy Berry's hopped off no compromise to ride this runner. It's done absolutely nothing wrong in its last five starts, and it hasn't missed the Quinella for that for that matter out of the last five starts. Last time out came out of that hill stakes that Cascadian won. In fairness, I thought that J-Mac just came up outside it, and New Merriam didn't see the horse coming, and by the time he saw Cascadian, they were mm. off and gone. So, you know, I'm going to be forgiving of that run. It beat Montefiore at home on that occasion. I thought it was still doing some nice work through the line. In my opinion, handles the, the wet ground. So I think it should be thereabouts at that each way odds. And the last one at even bigger odds as well that I have to mention as well is no compromise yeah. to it. The Metrop winner, big, big run. I know there was a few unlucky runs in behind that day, but that horse had to check off heels, got disappointed for the run at the 300 metres, still balanced up, went back to the inside and savaged the line. It was a tight finish, blanket go in the end. It was a photo, but it turns up at $20 here. You've got no question marks around the heavy deck. And you read an insane stat to me before about how many starts this horse has had on the wet deck. Absolutely no question marks at all. He's the one with the flash that you definitely want to keep on side. He is, I believe, I'm getting it up now. He's 30 starts in its entire career, no compromise. And on wet tracks, he's had, what am I looking at there? 25 of them on wet affected tracks. Yep. So Waller just knows the horse inside and out. Um, agree. 53 and a half kilos for the horse. He can run some, give some cheek for sure. Um, I'm going with the weight for age form. Benno and Nonconformist are the two. $9 and $10, you can play both. When you have a look at weight for age races and these horses have to carry 58 and a half, 59 kilos, um, and they get to drop down to 53 kilos against this lot, Clear targets for non-conformance, clear targets from Benno. I think that you can make some money out of both these animals if you want to play each way with both. Um, respect to Smoking Romans and the weight. If it wasn't a weight factor, I'm not with it, but unfortunately it is a handicap, so we have to deal with the cards we've been dealt. Mm. Um, can see why it's well found. I actually wouldn't be surprised if they continue to come for this animal as well, and he starts around that dead set $4, $3.50 mark. Mm. Benno, been with him all preparation. 
um, followed him literally in in all four starts. I think this there's a little bit of timing about this. Um, I think he would have won the Metrop with a, with a leg in the air, to be honest. That's our thoughts. Um, which is a bit of a shame, but I think he gets his opportunity to get a kill here and agree. Regan Bayless will suit this horse down to the ground. Nonconformist, Graham Begg, he's just literally let this horse go through its paces as much as he'd like um, and was really good in behind Zaki, Animo and the likes on the weekend. So they're the two. Knight's order. Mm. Have to mention. Have to. There's not a genuine leader in this race probably other than him. Like, yep. we know how this horse goes in the wet. We know what Gay and Adrian do. They have horses fit. You get Tim Clark aboard. We saw what this horse did in the Sydney Cup. He just broke their hearts. Yeah. I know the track was playing in that way, but he broke their hearts. Mm-hmm. He won by four or five lengths. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see him come out and run a massive, massive race at 14. And if he wants to make this a genuine staying test, you touched on he's got a win over 3,200. This is only 2,400. If he wants to break hearts and just keep going, they'll do just that. Fantastic. Mate, are we going to cover the last? Yeah, let's do it. You want to cover the let's last? Let's do it, yeah. We might as well. We've got the Ned's Munger Stakes to round out the card at Caulfield. It's over 1,400 metres. Old Flame, top of the market, $4.40 with Lady of Honor at four eighty. Bandersnatch is $6 with Catalyst at 7s. Cinewine, $7.50. Aegon is 14s with Streets of Avalon open-minded at 20s. Wild Planet, $26. Shakiro, riddle me that. Lightsaber, Regalo, DJ Ento, Poland, and more that exceed. Mm. Lady of Honor goes forward. Streets of Avalon has drawn the car park and should go forward as well. Open-minded inside barrier is positive from there. More than exceed, lightsaber, banner snatch, all have tactical speed and can't be too far off. Bit of a strange way to close out the card. Um, it's a wide open field as far as I'm concerned. I know that Old Flame comes through some nice form lines. I'm trying to look around that. A horse that I think has returned in some pretty good fashion is Catalyst. Came off a two-year break, had a really bad tendon injury, I believe. Was coming out of some really nice form lines like Australian Guineas form lines, Alligator Blood, those types of um, form lines. And it was an absolute trial first up in the, Ch- the Chautauqua Stakes. I'm not reading into that at all. Coming in off a two-year break, you never expected too much out of the horse. But then came into that next race at Sandown, and I thought it was an excellent run that time. Only finished a length off Gravina. Gravina's then come out and franked the form on the weekend. And this uh, catalyst turns up at $7 here on the weekend. So I think that's an each-way play for me. The other one I want to keep on side is Wild Planet. I had a look through this horse's form. You know he hand- handles the heavy. He's got a second behind Classique Legend, which is fine enough form for this any day of the week on a heavy deck. The last time he's run uh, less than a Group 2 was the last time he won this race two years ago. Mm. So that's the last time you've seen this horse at a Group 3 or worse. I know he's had a, a long string of outs, but he's been taking on the absolute elite company. Drops back in grade here. He's still treated very well at the weights. I think he's a very good chance at 30s. I'm going to definitely have a little spec at 30s as well. I, I know before... We spoke before the podcast that we both sort of flagged this horse as a roughie for the day. I'm going to have something small, Wild Planet. I love that he gets through the ground. He seems to go that little couple of lengths better when it's a little bit wet and it's a nice class drop for him. Just want to make mention, I'm not going to back this horse, but Lady of Honor, I think well found in the market. She does a few things wrong, this horse, but when she does figure it all out, I reckon she's going to be a really nice animal. Good racing pattern, goes straight to the front and gets Damien Oliver. Old Flame disappointed me on the weekend. It wasn't the horse's unlucky. fault. Unlucky. It was extremely unlucky in behind the ruck. I don't think it was a poor ride from Jamie Carr. I just think she missed the boat a little bit and the other, the, all the other jockeys were riding to knock this horse off. 
went from fourth in the running to back to last around the corner. And we know that you just cannot do that at Caulfield. You need momentum going to that bend. $4.40 here against a pretty, obviously a larger field, but a reasonably similar talented sort of field. Um, $4.40, they're coming back again. I'm going to just forgive what happened on the weekend. We get Tommy Berry aboard. I'm going to be with Old Flame on top with Wild Planet each way. Mm. Wow, two massive cards. Hopefully you've enjoyed listening in to those two. Now, look, Ascot on the weekend. Mm. How'd we go Best Western wise? Absolutely murdered. Still trying to get out. Should have (laughs) won the race by probably five lengths. So sorry to all the punters, but we're still waiting for Chris Parnham to come back. These other jockeys can't seem to get a fucking win over there. Um, the horse should have won by four or five lengths. All show, if anyone wants to go back and watch that replay, nightmare. Well, there's something really positive about, you know, a murder job in the Best Western. We don't just sulk. Mm. We don't just give up. We don't go, ah, look, we've had two weeks in a row now. We've ran third and we got butchered. Uh, you know what? Maybe the Best Western's had its time. It hasn't had its time. <laughs> it hasn't had its time. This thing, this thing is... Dateless. There is no use-by date on this thing because, Jacko, you just pick yourself up off the canvas and find us another winner. Ascot again this week. We're almost at 9 o'clock, 8.39 p.m. This is the <laughs> last on the card, race nine. So bear in mind, daylight savings now. It's getting later and later, deep into Ken- the night. Kenilworth might be starting by that time. Yeah, absolutely. Deauville. Mate, fucking uh, Turfontaine might be on, and uh, this might be on Sky 2. So <laughs> just uh, keep your powder dry for this one, guys. Like I say, race nine. Uh, this is number two, Devoted. Our mate, Taj Dyson. I've had him <laughs> I've had him as the best Western before. It was a tough one to watch. Still claiming three kilos off this horse. Comes here first oh. up, unbeaten first up. This horse seems destined for a railway stakes, which is one of the, the big features over there for WA. Uh, putting together a really good campaign. It's seven starts and had four wins and won all three of its prep, prep, uh, prep runs last time out culminating in a Belmont Guineas win. So it only has to handle the first up trip, comes in off two trials, which is identical to what it did last prep, and came in and won easy first up. I think it can account for these and go on to a railway stakes and be very competitive. You're getting probably black odds at this point, $2.05, $2.10 thereabouts. So definitely cash in now because it will start shorter. I think it's the best on the card over there. Best Western, number two, race nine, devoted. 8.39 p.m. If you're still upright, guys, you know what to do. Might be on Sky 3. Slip and slap, it will be. It could be on, I don't know, some sort of odd channel. Mm. Maybe on Sky Sports News. It yeah. might not even get a run. Look, we've just dissected two of the biggest cards of the year. Um, it's fantastic we get them both on the same day. Jacko, have you got a best bet? Yeah, Cap de Joie, I mentioned earlier. I know it's accepted in two different races. Damien Oliver booked at Caulfield in race two. It's shorter there, so I think it's going to be thereabouts. Um, and then obviously that race in Sydney as well that uh, Willie Pike has booked for. I think that's in the last. I can't remember if it's the 10th or the 9th, but I believe it's the last. I think Cap de Joie will be very, very hard to beat in both. Um, I like Stockman in race four in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it appears to be a really nice race for the horse. I can't have the favourite at $2.15. You're getting about $4 for Stockman. Um, and the big fella, Nature Strip, I know it's... Oh, no. I know. I know. Oh, no. What? What's your... Talk to me about this. Like, talk to me why... Why is it so sick that he's one of my best bets? I'm back in the horse. So don't get me wrong, I'm back in the horse. But at $2.10 or $2.20, and he's likely to start shorter on the weekend the way the money piles in for this horse, in a field that is just stacked full of depth, and I know he rises above the rest, but... I was talking about short-term memory loss. 
The horse is beaten by Shelby 66 on a heavy deck. Oh, come Two on. That was second up. Second up. Second up syndrome, whatever you want to Getting call it. Getting into a TJ prep. And you I'm, gotta... I'm not potting the horse. I know the wallet's going to have the thing wound up, but, yeah, I mean, gate 12 and a wet track, speed inside, $2.20. Nature Strip will be winning the Everest. Oh. You heard it here first. Mask Crusader to fill in second or third, in my opinion. Guys, good luck on the pun on the weekend. It's obviously going to be a tough day weather-wise. Make sure you're staying invested. So if you are having a play in each race and you are fair income, you cannot just pick the horses at the start of the day or the night before and try and stick to them. Stay active. Continue to watch the races. If there's patterns, if they're flying off the fence, if back markers are the thing, stay active in your racing watching. Definitely. It's all about patterns at the end of the day, guys. I just hope we get two good cards in at the end of the day. Yeah. As a racing fan, I hope we get 10 cards, uh, 10 races across both cards no cancellations, no delays. Let's fucking get them in because there's superstar horses turning up and I'm pumped. Thanks, Legends. Cheers. It's been a pleasure.